Welcome to the Ever Bros Podcast. This is actually our second attempt at recording this first episode. We actually got way off track before and just started talking about how we met, which is totally not what we wanted to talk about. We actually want to provide value to you, the listener, and what you need to start an agency. And um, this is just a comprehensive list of kind of what Cody and I both needed to start the agency and then what we will give you as advice as we've grown in which we wish we had or that we kind of found by accident and then, you know, it worked out for us. But um, I think uh, to start it off, I think the obviously the first thing you need is a computer. You really can't do a whole lot without it. Just speaking from experience, my first well, my first computer, I was actually working for a company who gave me a work computer, and I started it off of that. The year was 2017, and they gave me a an HP from like 2009, like an HP laptop, and it was slower than hell. But I was like, well, this is enough to actually get me off, or, you know, get me, get me off. <laughs> this is enough to actually get me started. But I didn't even have the funds to buy a computer. So if you've already got one, you're already ahead of the game. Cody, what did you use? Yeah, for a long time. I can't remember what it was before this, but for a long time I was using a Lenovo 11e, which is a, a tiny, a tiny computer that is built to be beat up. So that part was nice because I was moving like a lot. I was taking it everywhere. It was going everywhere with me, but definitely not like now I could never do that. The ergonomics would be so terrible that I would, well, maybe that's <laughs> oh, yeah, the cause you have, of it too. Right? You have the wrist, you have wrist problems. Yeah, it's it's terrible. So you have, um, uh, you have like the Starship Enterprise command center in your office. <laughs> yeah, people, uh, people see it and they're like, what's happening? What is going on here? And it's kind of nice. It's almost like a defense thing because people want to use my computer. I'm like, hey, good luck. Do your best. <laughs> That's why I want to <laughs> use the, uh, the Dvorak keyboard layout yeah. and, and learn how to do that. Because people are like, yeah, can I use your computer? <laughs> if you can learn Dvorak. <laughs> they're going to look like they're like back in third grade typing on a computer <laughs> again. They're just like, I don't know where any of these keys are. <laughs> yeah, I've been exploring a lot of alternative ones too not not just i've thought about that from cordy dvorak but then also just going on a, a really deep dive into what other things people have tried and done and i've found some very weird keyboards but they're very expensive so i haven't sunk the money into them yet but later on i would like to try them you sent me a link to that one keyboard that was like a glove <laughs> like you put yeah. your like yeah. you put your hand into like this this console from like alien or something and then like you just like move your fingers back and forth and and every which way then you said and i was like hey people use that for gaming and you said no prove it and i never did but they do i just was too lazy to actually find the video of a streamer that i used to watch that actually did use that yeah well, and that one was there like that they stopped making that one um so and i read somebody say like they go up on ebay for like 600 bucks now occasionally and that's what people will, will spend to buy them but i think my problem is i uh i'm only like a half techie and that a lot of those things are made for programmers and devs so i don't know i would have to learn i don't know smoothly how to use a computer without a mouse and a lot of those guys are comfortable doing that uh and i'm not so i'd like to have some sort of trackball integrated and they do have lots of those but they, they are pricey like most of the ones that i was looking at are anywhere between they go from like 300 up to 700 for a keyboard mm -hmm. that's more than i spent on my first computer which was nothing yeah yeah exactly <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so I guess if you have this was not the conversation to have when telling people what <laughs> <laughs> if this you is... have if you have glass wrists, you'll you'll need a little bit more of an investment yeah. to start up. <laughs> so forget everything we just said there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get a computer. A Chromebook will work actually. Because most of your software that you're gonna get is act it's gonna be cloud based anyways. So you're not gonna actually need to download anything on your actual computer unless you're using something like Screaming Frog or if you're doing any kind of video production, then you might actually need a nicer computer. But if you're doing what we did, which was SEO, Google Ads, even social media in the beginning, then none of that requires a sophisticated computer. You can, uh, I was going to say you can technically do it on your phone, but then I, I wouldn't SEO and Google Ads. I would not mm-hmm. do on your phone. Something um, like Dex, Samsung Dex. Yeah, um, the agency I was at before Jumping Ship had multiple conversations about going to Chromebooks and not computers but the hang-ups were usually again so it would just depend on your service for guys running ads and girls sorry but they're generally bros <laughs> cody you said you got in hot water at your old job because because what did you say about it was i'll lead you in so, oh yeah okay now you remember it was marketing in general but yeah i said um marketing is the industry for people who figured out what they want to do to or they wanted to try hard later in life <laughs> it was it was already after college and you wanted to get your stuff together agencies are where people end up when they decide to try hard later in life <laughs> <laughs> it's true and it's funny because i've never actually met someone who went to school for marketing or who ended up in the digital marketing space because like everybody who is in the digital marketing space like went to school for communications or went to school for like something totally off the wall or not related to marketing and people who do end up going to school for marketing and actually want to pursue that, end up working for like a brand agency or something. They don't, or even they don't even go in an agency. They go straight in-house to somewhere that's big enough to justify having a marketing department of some sort, like I think sports, news channels, mm-hmm. that sort of thing comes to mind. I'd be willing to bet that most of our listeners don't have a marketing degree. Well, we'll, fair, we'll take a poll later. I got so mad. Not mad. That's an exaggeration. Um, it was very frustrating when you start working in marketing and you start taking it seriously and you read the books about marketing to become a good marketer and you ask people if they've read them and no, they have no idea. They don't know what the classics are. It's very weird. And and to be clear too, Cody and I don't have de- degrees in marketing either. We nope. we were those people who, who started later in life and decided to get our uh, stuff together. But yeah, you don't need that the marketing degree or or anything like that to get started you just kind of have to want to realize that you want to do this and you, you kind of you do have to develop a skill in marketing though you can't just take an online course and then say you're a marketer you have to do the deep dives because most of those online courses that you're going to take aren't actually good and they, they teach a lot of things that don't necessarily hold any weight and i know this because i've taken one fortunately i had two years of of actual agency experience from working at an agency with cody so i knew that a lot of things that they were preaching in there just weren't accurate there are going to be things that you take out of those courses that have some value but at the end of the day if if it's seo that you want to do or if it's google ads or social media ads you have to be confident in that and you have to know what you're talking about you can't just start an agency because that's the hot thing and then you see ads on it on Facebook and YouTube all the time about starting your own agency and charging thousands of dollars a month for one client. It's it's not how it works. It's very much like gambling and there aren't very many successful people who do that. Usually what happens is people start an agency because they're told that they can. They don't do the deep dives and the research and the, gain the uh, knowledge that they need to. 
So they end up just teaching other marketers how to start a marketing agency and charge them for it. So yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of times that people who go into digital marketing but not the affiliate scene are like they still have the white collar affiliate mindset of so affiliates people who want to do affiliate marketing, especially like paid affiliate marketing. Think, think of it almost as a, a stepping stone. I'll make enough money doing this so then I can go do this. Uh, and because you can make a lot of money relatively quickly with affiliate marketing. And when I say affiliate marketing, I want to be clear because usually people who have an idea of marketing but don't understand what paid traffic affiliate marketing is, think MLMs, Mary Kay, Amway, that sort of thing. But no, this is you sell products for other people online and then you just buy the traffic for it and then you make a margin for yourself that you can call profit. The mindset is I'll just make enough money so that I can go do real estate or I can go get into e-com, drop shipping, something like that because those, th those things can take at least a little bit more capital. So I think uh, some people go with the mindset with marketing that I'll do this to make enough money to go set myself up for something else too. And I'm not, I mean, I'm probably somewhat in that group a little bit too, but also it shows when we go up against competitors because some guys clearly have that mindset and they make it known. Whereas <laughs> we got to name names, names here. <laughs> <laughs> now we're still in this. We take it seriously. Even if we do have bigger long-term goals, like we are, we're very invested and take the results and the product itself very seriously. And that's a way to set yourself apart too. Taking the product seriously is a big big thing to say too because when you when i like when i see a lot of marketers go into well, a lot of quote-unquote marketers go into starting their own marketing agency they they don't take the product seriously because it's ultimately not their product they're told to sell a specific product or that they can sell a specific product and then try to learn that versus understanding a concept or, or something and then being able to deliver that as a solution to a business owner when you understand the product it'll last much longer and you can deliver actual results to your client so one thing that is very prominent in the agency world is social media agency and it's the services are really just two different services. There's one which is paid social ads and there's another which is organic content. And what I see a lot is a service that's offered is organic content. But when you think about the service in general, it doesn't actually produce results for the most part. It can produce metrics like impressions and clicks and shares and engagement and things like that. But if the service that you're, you're confident in that you want to promote isn't actually driving results for your client, you're going to be the first on their chopping block for cutting expenses because they're not seeing a direct impact on sales from you. And you can pitch your services branding and engagement and awareness is all you want, but branding and engagement are the first to go when a business is considering cutting a service. If you're providing leads for your client as a marketing agency, you're probably going to be the last service to cut and your client's going to stay with you for the longer run. And we talk about this later too, but actually creating a service that is more impactful with leads and providing actual leads and sales to your, to your client and then supplementing that with a more awareness or branding related service. Because even if they do scale back on their budget, they'll only cut that one service, but they're going to keep your lead focus service because they know that that drives value. If they know they can get value from you from one service, they're more willing to utilize another service from you that doesn't have a direct correlation with value. I think it's very easy. Like if you just want to know that stuff, look up the, the incomes for those job categories. I mean, I learned within a year when I first got into this that I wanted to switch from SEO to paid traffic. Why? Because they work less and make more money. And what do you mean? That what What do you mean by paid traffic? Um. So for me, it was Google Ads, but any any and all 
paid traffic that you're effectively a financial advisor. People give you their money, you're in charge of spending it, and you're in charge of making their business money from how you're spending it. So um, any any sort of media buying, paid traffic, Google, Facebook, Reddit, Bing, keep going. It doesn't matter. Instagram, anywhere that you're running ads. And if you're good at it, uh, there's some really big money there. Same thing with e-com. If you are good at e-com, that's a very big, how do I say this better? <laughs> um, because like you can run e-com paid traffic too, but uh, if you're good at e-com SEO, e-com uh, conversion rate optimization, that sort of thing, there is good money in that too. And you can offer that as a skill too, but just know that, know that going into it, what services you're going to offer and expect pay and volatility accordingly. And and yeah, like Cody said, you can look at the pay rates of, of certain specialists in your area and you'll see that social media is the very bottom because it's the least impactful in terms of the general scope, the broader scope. SEO is, is right above that. And then you usually have paid ad specialists either above that or kind of in line with SEO. But the main difference, as Cody pointed out, is paid specialists typically work less than SEOs because they can drive results quicker and faster. And it's the results are immediate. Whereas with SEO, it takes a little bit of time to actually see those. And SEO is typically the first service attacked by a client. You're not uh, able to hide either too. I mean, when you're in charge of other people's money and you directly track everything, SEO, you can hide if things go weird or wrong or badly. You can say, oh, this, oh, you can you can talk yourself in circles and confuse the client. It, it, it can work out, <laughs> or at least you can weasel your way out. You know, think Again, the financial advisor metaphor. You go to your financial advisor and they make a lot of money because they're in charge of your money. And it's a very stressful job. And that's why there's more money because of the responsibility that comes with it. Speaking of money, the uh, I would say the next most important thing besides having a computer is having a way to take your customer's money. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> like, part of when starting an agency, that one of the first uphill battles you'll find is getting your first customer. But once you're able to actually sell your first customer, if, if you have any hiccups in the road before you even start your services, it's not a good sign for your client. So, you know, it, as soon as they say, Let, let's sign it, now you have to realize, okay, how do I take their money? And I'll tell you right now, don't have them gift you money over PayPal or Venmo or Cash App or whatever. Get an actual professional software. Typically, they cost absolutely nothing. You can set up an account with PayPal Business. I think Venmo even has an invoicing so, system. Yeah, I think now. Venmo, is, they even yeah. have Venmo business now. So um, that's a thing. There's Square and Stripe. And I used uh, a thing called Wave. I think it, the website's waveapp.com or something when we first started. And it's all 100% free. If they pay with a credit card, there's like a 29 to 3.2% processing fee plus like 30 cents per transaction. And with getting started, that's nothing, If you, especially if you just eat it. And how, how did you send your first invoice? Do you remember? Uh, like within Wave, how did I send it? Just in general. Like yeah. What was the process? I Give me a story. so so in Wave, Wave allowed you to set up. I don't think I I don't think I could set up product. Maybe I did. I think in Wave you can set up products within the actual app, and then you just pull the product into the invoice with whatever cost it is. So when I first started, I had somewhat of an idea of productized services. Only I had like a hundred different ones. So. I pulled in what I, I created a product based on what I sold, priced it, added it to the invoice, added all the client's information to it. And, and the, the system is pretty intuitive. As soon as you say, like, create invoice, it just kind of runs you through the process. And then uh, once you have the invoice set up, everything totaled, then you 
added the client's information to it and you just sent it to their email and then they received a link in their email where they could actually pay online. They just enter their credit card information in, or they could enter their bank information in and uh, pay the invoice that way. It wasn't until a little bit later, I think actually it was probably within the first six months that I started adding a credit card processing fee because I was tired of eating that 2.9%. However, I, I do want to warn you that it is state by state. In some states, it is a, it's, a, it's against the law to add a credit card processing fee to an invoice. And uh, I mean, there's ways around it. You can add like a, a different consistent fee that's like a 15% ad spend fee for instance however i i had my business located in iowa uh, iowa a us for any of our non us listeners and in iowa where you are allowed to charge a credit card processing fee so i wasn't actually eating anything in there i was i was making sure that the numbers came out uh, where if they paid the invoice 3.2% plus 30 cents or i guess back then it was 2.9% plus 30 cents would come out and then i would get my exact number that I had my service priced at. So your first one was through Wave, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's uh, super legit. <laughs> well, I I had um <laughs> when I was starting this, I had a friend that had their own social media marketing agency. Exactly what I promote against <laughs> because they didn't do ads they just did organic posting for local businesses and uh i i, I asked her the question like how do you accept payments from clients so she she just sent me the link to wave and then i just signed up for it i really didn't do any research and i i did as little research as possible and i just asked people what should i do so if you're listening to this you're already doing more research than i did how about you how did you how, when you did affiliate marketing, I guess it's affiliate marketing, so it just went to your yeah. account. But when you started yeah, doing yeah. so with affiliate marketing, there is no invoicing. So I was working with a agency I used to work at as kind of their overflow. If they if they were growing but weren't yet to a point where they needed to bring someone internally, and I had room to work. So I said, Yeah, that's cool. And I remember Doug, Doug was the guy's name. <laughs> he said, Yeah, just you know, shoot me an invoice. And I remember thinking, uh what? <laughs> How do, you, how do you do that? And I, I think when you're two things, when you're younger and you're a kid and you're like, I don't know how this stuff works. I'm going to have to Google this. And then two, if you don't come from a family or a background where that's a normal phrase or something that you ever heard growing up, like what? I don't, I didn't know how that worked. So I, I Googled it and then I found a, a Google doc. I don't even, I don't even know if it was a Google doc. I might've just made it in an Excel sheet and then <laughs> I downloaded it as a PDF and, mail, and emailed it to him. Oh yep. my gosh. So wait, okay. But then how did you take his payment though? Cause an invoice is just yeah, a declaration yeah, of give me your money. Mailed me a check mail he got me a check i don't remember how oh okay well that's an option too so like if you're local too you can also accept checks i guess if you're really anywhere you can accept checks it's hard to do it. if if you're overseas you pretty much have to resort to you know online payment but i was gonna say uh when i first got into the the b2b business to business space invoicing wasn't something that i was relatively new to <laughs> what i was new to was yeah send me a po i was like i have no idea what that is like a PO um, box? No, oh, a, P- no, a purchase order. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, if you purchase something like, hey, I need to, you know, we need to purchase some service or something like that from maybe a graphic designer, they might say, all right, send me a PO. I'm like, what? Can't you just take my email and just say, hey, I want this? No, it, but it's for the record. They, they, It's just a purchase order. Just you, you can literally type on a Google Doc that just says purchase order 00001, your address, your name what you want from them and then what the total is they quoted you and then that way they can take that number and associate it to the invoice that they're going to send you when the when the work is rendered and it's just for their internal system so some places do actually require a po 
but I don't, you're not going to run into that. I think that was just me telling you about my experience with being really weird in the B2B industry. It's funny too, because um, when we first started, actually up until a couple months ago, we needed uh, help writing content for some of our websites. So we outsourced it to my girlfriend because our current employees were overburdened with work and or training. So she's a phenomenal writer. So we would give her, be like, hey, here, here's the entire website that we need you to write content for. Can you write content for this? We'll pay you, you know, 150 to $300 to write this. And then we're like, yeah, but we need an invoice from you like to keep the books clean. And she looked at me and she's like, a what? <laughs> I was like, an invoice. And she goes, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. And then I'll like literally just put her name and address in the corner of a Word doc and then put content writing equals $200 and then her name and contact information at the bottom. And then at the very top of it, put Evergrow Marketing invoice and just send it over to Cody in an email and say, hey, this is her invoice, quote unquote. <laughs> and uh, th that was acceptable that we just send it to our accountant who we also outsource. And he would just be like, okay, cool invoice and just put it in the books. And yep. that's as simple as an invoice can be. You don't need anything super fancy. The fancier you have, the more legitimate though. So if you can use a free system like Wave where they take the portion of the processing fee or a portion of the invoiced amount as a processing fee, then that's even better. You could even send them an invoice and just have them exclusively pay by check. That way you have a nice invoicing software that's free to use, but they're still paying by check. So you can just close the invoice out when it's done with, which we do for some of our clients because they only want to pay by check. The next thing I had was a website. So technically, I, I do want to say technically this isn't required. Well, technically none of this is required. You can swindle people to give you money without any of this. It's but the, the how to get dark money as an agent <laughs> <laughs> how to take people's money no i took a different approach with my website so a lot of people will start with their website and they'll just start with whatever domain name they can find but i wanted my domain name to be exactly what my business's name was i didn't want to do this like dash i didn't want to do like hunley marketing or something like that where it's like exclusive to me i wanted something that i could sell so i'm kind of bleeding into the next topic which is a dba or a business name but uh, I'll, I'll explain the website process so first so i always say you need three elements for a website you need your domain your host and a cms or a content management system your domain is your url that's Ours is evergrowmarketing.com. Your host is where that's going to be hosted. Some people host on GoDaddy. Some people host on HostGator, uh, SiteGround, Bluehost. Yeah, yep. SiteGround. And this is where your actual website will live. This is the server that's going to live on. And then your CMS is what your website's built on. So ours is built on WordPress. Some people use Wix. Some people use Squarespace. The caveat to those two is that those are also hosts. Um, well, and to be fair, like the, the CMS is with your host. So the package wordpress.com wix squarespace they just package it all together and don't really tell you they don't explain that hey we're hosting and a cms they're like ah oh, no we just do websites but yeah even if you do have hosting and, and a different cms they'll still be at the same place yeah just don't people think like oh where do i go where do i go for a cms like oh no it's it's there so i have a great analogy for this i, I probably have told you this but i tell people this all the time and i go this makes so much sense so my analogy is that your website and all the components you need to it is the exact same as a cell phone. You have your cell phone number, which is your domain, that is tied to you and you only. You can take that cell phone number and go to different carriers. It is your number. Your carrier then 
Verizon, AT&T, uh, U.S. Cellular if you're in Iowa. <laughs> and only Iowa. Like nowhere else. <laughs> I've never heard anybody use U.S. Cellular anywhere other than Iowa. I think maybe in Minnesota. And it's huge in Iowa. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I know I, it is massive in Iowa. Yeah. There's um, some places where it's just dead. Like, actually, I'll, I'll drive to go see my grandma. I'll be talking to you. And that's where I'll be like, hey, uh, black hole. I'll let you know when I'm out. It's I'm, just, like, I'm like, oh, thank God. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but anyways, y- your host is like your carrier. You can have any number on your host, just like you can have any number on your carrier, just like you can have any domain with your host. Uh, and you can switch carriers, just like you can switch hosts and keep your same domain. Your CMS is then your cell phone. You can have a number with Verizon and not a cell phone. Your cell phone's damaged. You don't have one. You haven't upgraded yet or, or whatever. But your domain and your host is essentially useless. What you are doing, though, is you can get your domain now, and that way nobody can take it from you. Just like you can get a cell phone number now, and nobody can take it from you. But you, need a, you do need a cell phone, and that would be your website. So you can go to the carrier. I can go to Verizon, and I can buy a cell phone, and I can, I can get a, a multitude of them. If I go to GoDaddy, GoDaddy has their own built-in website builder, their own CMS. They can also do WordPress one-click installs. So I can get that type of self, a WordPress cell phone. Some hosts, I don't know if GoDaddy does it or other hosts, but they might have like Magento and you can get a Magento type cell phone for a different CMS. So all in all, uh, you can also take typically take your cell phone to a different carrier as well. So you can take your your actual CMS to a different host if the cell phone or the CMS that you have isn't tied to your host. So I can take a Samsung phone and what I describe as uh, Samsung is very much like WordPress. It's very modular and, and open source in a lot of situations. And you can take it over to like AT&T or T-Mobile. But there are some carriers that if you get a phone there, like that's the only place you can use that phone. And I don't know. I don't know if like Boost Mobile is like that. But like I've never seen somebody with Verizon with a Boost Mobile phone. So, so this would be like Squarespace. If you have a Squarespace cell phone you are on Squarespace hosts. There is no option. And so if you want to migrate away from Squarespace, you have to get a different phone. You have to get a different CMS. Do you like that analogy, Cody? It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the <laughs> there's some things depending on like, if people are like, what? Samsung's open source? What? Uh, What's yeah, going well, on? But no, I get it. No, I, it's modular. You can you, you, mm-hmm. you can customize it pretty well. Yeah. Some play nicely with others and some don't. You need all three of those. You can get all three of them from the same exact place. You can literally go to GoDaddy and get your domain, hosting, and CMS straight from GoDaddy. And and that's it. We don't recommend it because if you go to GoDaddy for your domain, for instance, they do a lot of really shady stuff. Like they put domain locks on your domain. So if you register your domain or, or purchase your domain, you're locked in with them for like a year or something. Or six months? Remember. Yeah, I can't they've, remember. They've updated it, I know, but it's longer than most people and, do. Yeah, and what that means is you can't you can't move it or migrate it away from anything. Not that you necessarily need to, but the other thing that they do is they itemize a lot of things that you should just get. Like who is privacy? We all, we recommend Hover. It's just hover.com because it's super simple. It's not always as cheap, but when we're, when we're talking about registering a domain, you're talking the difference between... Nine ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine. The for difference, a year. yeah, for a year. <laughs> and and the differences with GoDaddy is you're spending nine ninety nine, but then like if you want to get Who as privacy or some of this other stuff, then you're going to be paying fifteen bucks anyways. You should buy Who is privacy. Yeah. Just what what is it? Not for? do that because 
So basically, your information is public and people can find it when you register a domain name and you don't buy Kua's privacy. Might need to double check this because they, I think they might have changed this recently. But just to be safe, when you, when you buy it, I had this happen to me once, and this is why I'll say it, is I didn't buy it and I got spammed hard. Like the day after I registered the domain name, I got like, I don't know, 13 emails within like two hours. And they're all like, hey, do you need SEO services? I'm like, oh. Man, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And then, yeah, from then on, I just never not bought who is. And that's why Hover's good. They just include it by default. If you go through Hover, like they don't host. So you're going to have to find a host. I always recommend HostGator or Bluehost for your own personal one. If you're going to be building websites, which we talk about later, you're probably going to want to go with a host that has a reseller service. Uh, we use mdd.com. MDD hosting. I don't think M- they have MDD that'd hosting. Be a big flex. Oh, that would be MDD. a big flex. <laughs> yeah. MDDhosting.com. And that way we can use reseller shared hosting on there. But it's pretty easy to set up. I mean, there's you're going to have to learn a little bit of technicalities with it. But also, there's, you know, HostGator or Bluehost has amazing customer support too. Like they can just walk you through the whole process of getting things tied up and, and working. And then one click install on WordPress is great. I actually started on Wix though, because it was the easiest. And I was like, I just need to get a website going. So I just literally signed up for Wix. And then I think I got my domain through GoDaddy. And then I, I was, just. I was going to throw out there was if people wanted to, they could just get managed WordPress hosting. I can't remember who's off some of the big ones. Oh, uh, like WP Engine. I'm pretty sure they'd offer managed WordPress. Yeah, but they're expensive as hell though. That's true. Well, that's right. what you get too. Like if you <laughs> if you want it, if you want people to take care of the the panic situation, so that when a client's like, "Hey, why is this the way that it is?" and you don't know, you can reach out to them, and that's what you pay for with with mm-hmm. those guys is because we have reseller because we take care of a lot of that stuff. There's stuff that we'll reach out to MDD on if we have to, but. The idea is that it's generally us and that's why it's cheaper and we have had to learn a lot of those things. But if, if you have the money or resell the client, they just pass it through. Hey, you pay this directly. I'm not even involved. You go straight with WP Engine and they will handle these things if needed. These are ending up as like strange, unintentional shout outs or advocates for <laughs> services. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, at this point, we're not even like affiliated. We're just like, this is what this is what we like to do yeah, to you. We should get some money for that somehow. But yeah, you're welcome. We you're should. welcome. WP Engine. <laughs> I got a cool shirt from them once though. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm wearing my ClickUp shirt today. Nice. I so uh, yeah, I don't want to keep beating the website issue thing deeper. I mean, if you if if this becomes like a thing, we'll have a whole podcast on exactly how to set up a website and everything, or maybe a YouTube video or, or something. But the next thing was um, picking your business name. You can do like your own name plus marketing or whatever, and chances are people are not going to have it. I wanted to pick something that I could sell, and it's harder to sell a name unless you're like Ernst & Young or something. But I also wanted to make sure that that was my domain name as well. So I, I went through a few iterations of what the business name would be. And I, I first did Evergreen Marketing, and then I realized that that's not a good idea because for your own brand name, you would be competing against Evergreen and marketing, which are not things that you want to compete against for your own brand name. Well, plus there's a ton of evergreen marketings out there and evergreen whatever. Then I tried to do like Red Oak Digital. I wanted something very landscapey because that's what our niche is. And I, I ended up settling on Evergrow marketing. I, I liked the play on words at the time. I'm not a huge fan of the name now, but it is what it is. I, was I feel like to... everybody gets to that point. Yeah. They're, they're just fair. like, eh, well, <laughs> I don't have a better idea. So this is what we are. <laughs> yeah. 
So I was able to settle down on that as a as a domain name. But there are a couple things that you should keep in mind when picking your business name too. Is as you can pick a business name and operate as that almost for as long as you want until someone comes down with a hammer on you and says you can't operate as that business name anymore. So I researched on LinkedIn and just on the web, hey, is there any other Evergo marketings out there? And I think there was one, but they had an inactive LinkedIn and that's all they had. They didn't even have a website and they had zero followers. They followed zero and they didn't even have a profile picture. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this then. It wasn't until Cody came on that we actually did a little more, more research and then also established ourselves too by you know writing industry publications, claiming the do- domain name for Evergo Marketing, and then actually operating under the DBA of that. And there's a couple of things you can do. First thing you should do is start from the top down. So if you're in the US, which we are, we start by looking to see if there's any federal trademarks. Cody, what? how do you search for a federal trademark again? Google, what is it? market patent office i don't know their website is uspto.gov but yeah that's where you want to go and you just there's like a search engine on that you can just search for like whatever name you want i'll let you know yeah we have we actually had a client like this that they have a specific name the domain name was taken but it was taken by it was just being sat on or squatted on but their ads kept getting denied when working with us because of trademark infringement well it turns out there's another company in a different state with the same name and they do the same thing like landscaping and lawn care and there was nothing we could do in terms of google ads of putting their name in the ad so we told them hey you're just gonna have to reach out to them and you know you have to get like a trademark lawyer and fight that out because our client's business did actually predate their trademark so they could have a chance of winning but at the same time this isn't our field of expertise it's, it's just marketing. It's also the reality of how the U.S. system works is got to have the money to hang out. <laughs> like <laughs> If you're going to go fight for it, yeah, you got to be prepared in that way. So if you can avoid those things just at the start, you know, and... you'll end up like Nissan. Like that's the best example. I oh, can yeah. Because yeah, if, if you go to Nissan.com, I can't remember who the company actually is. But Nissan, when you hear that, the website that you're probably thinking of associated with that is going to be NissanUSA.com. Why? Because there's a very long legal battle with the owners of Nissan.com. So that's a fun Mm -hmm. uh, rabbit hole if you want to go down it. The Nissan.com one. Yeah. So and we're not necessarily saying, hey, trademark your name right away because it is a very expensive process. But we do want to make sure that you're not claiming a business name that already is trademarked. The second thing you can do that's just slightly down a step is check your, your local and state business dba or business database and there's a way to search for this too and cody before the podcast you were telling me how to do this yeah in iowa we just check with the secretary of state's office so like their website is sos.iowa.gov imagine you know if you're in the states then your state's going to have a, a similar database and you just go check it there if, if you want to be extra safe and i don't know jake this might be one of your next points but it's lawyer up just because they'll not mess up yeah. <laughs> with these things <laughs> if you're doing it yourself uh yeah you you can just do a search on you know with your local state yeah. and see if somebody else is already using that as a business name yeah that does lead me to the next point because technically I could have just started Hunley Marketing and just done that. I wouldn't have to get an LLC. I wouldn't have to get a Del- or anything because Hunley Marketing at that point is a DBA. I am Jake Hunley doing business as Hunley Marketing, which is a DBA. Obviously, if you don't have an LLC or there's Wait, what's an, DBA? Did you say that doing business? Yeah, doing business as. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So like you you don't have to get I an LLC. <laughs> 
you don't have to get an LLC and you don't have to S corp or do anything or pay anything. But the problem is, is you open yourself up to legal issues. If a client is dissatisfied, if you're doing Google ads for a client and you spend thousands of dollars and then all of a sudden your client says, no, I want my money back. As an LLC, they can sue your business, but they can't sue you. You have like a little protect, uh, a bubble of protection, in which case your personal assets can't be taken away. But I did not do the LLC route. So I found Evergrow Marketing. Nobody was using it. I took it and I ran with it. And when Cody did his own affiliate stuff, he actually, you lawyered up. like Yeah. And that sounds, I don't want to scare people too much by saying that because it, it will depend a lot on where you live. Because I'll say there's two things that we did that I think were very good and I would recommend it that we're proud of. And that's uh, lawyering up because sinking money into setting up your business right the first time I think is important and also forces you to take your business seriously. It's easy when you treat something like a hobby or you spend money on it like a hobby that you treat it like a hobby. But when you get very serious and accountable, it's, it's the gym concept when people have subscriptions to their gym. Well, you're spending money on it and they're going to charge you every month. So you might as well go. Well, if you sink a lot of money into your business, you might as well make money with it. <laughs> That's going to be a very expensive hobby. Um, and I don't want that to be prohibitive. And it's also, it sounds scary because I didn't grow up with a family that lawyered up. I don't even know what that means. And I, I think that it, there's a certain privilege associated with that, that people think about when they think of lawyers, if you don't come from that sort of family that's used to hearing anything about lawyers. But so we had a family lawyer and I say that, and one, we're in Iowa, two, I grew up in a very small town. So our lawyer was also our accountant. (laughs) They're these guys who just are good deep down on the inside and aren't trying to gouge people for money. So it didn't cost as much as it would in a city at all. So I think going to him to set up the business was worth it legally to make sure everything was clean. And then the second thing that he told us too was if you're serious about this and would ever consider selling it in the future, that one, our accounting had grown beyond him because we had very simple accounting at the the very beginning. And then it started to get more complicated. And he said, you guys got to go to someone else now. And you can do this yourself if you want to. But if you want to sell, then get someone who will make sure your books stay clean. Uh, So we went and bugged a lot of accountants because a lot of them had very high minimums for a very simple business. Our business is not complicated. It's not hard. We have very high ticket transactions, but not a lot of them. We're not like a restaurant where who knows how many transactions are happening a day. So eventually we found one who understood our situation and just said, this isn't going to take me more than an hour a month. Like, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for for recognizing that and not trying to price gouge us when this isn't going to be a big time suck. That's a long way to say getting professionals when you can afford them is important because it, it makes sure that you're staying squeaky clean and just delegating in those places where you can because you can only learn and do so much. So how much did your lawyer cost you to, to set up the, to set up the, the LLC? Uh, it was 500 all in at the time. He had that like as a, like a, just like a service, like set up your LLC with me. Yeah. I think he'd done it enough. Uh, and to be fair, it wasn't with agencies. It wasn't. <laughs> it, again, farmers, everything, absolutely everything around us is all farmers. And that's the business. It's all farm business, farm money. But some of these guys think it's fun and exciting. And when we find them, they're like, ah, yeah, no, that sounds cool. I'm interested. I could take that on. But yeah, he he basically, it was a product as a service. Hey, this is what I do. Here's the cost. I'll take care of everything. Yeah. And there's other services too that they're like legal Zoom. I think they're they're pretty close, maybe a little bit cheaper. 
uh, Cody's situation, it was someone local he could just go to if there was a problem. But if there's a problem, you really can't go to LegalZoom. <laughs> they just <laughs> they just set up your LLC for you, and then you're great. You're golden. And that's almost what I did too, but I just I didn't have the money for that. I was digging myself out of a financial hole, a personal one, and I just went with it, whereas, whereas Cody's a bit more responsible on the front end of that. And Well, I was also drowning in debt at the time too though so <laughs> it's none of these things should be prohibitive if you're like ah oh, crap I, I can't do that it's like well we're just telling you best case scenario don't let any of these things hold you back like you got to do what you got to do mm-hmm. yeah watch out for yourself really just don't that's... do drugs you know like, <laughs> <laughs> well that, that was like a bad kidding. that was a bad endorsement <laughs> i had one final point and it is find yourself a cody and find yourself a jake that's wholesome. I know. Well, what, okay. So let me explain. So this is actually a point that Lauren told me about. She jokingly said it, but I was like, actually, no, I like that a lot. So there is a there's a lot of differences between Cody and myself. One is I'm extroverted. I can talk to clients. I am an ideas person, and I move things forward initially. Cody is a introvert. Doesn't like to talk to people. Isn't necessarily an ideas person. But you can create systems to move ideas forward if the idea is good. And you're a really good judge on whether or not an idea is good or not. And we talk about this in another episode. But you say that or someone says that oh, there is a yeah, Peter Thiel concept because he's, yeah. got, he's got that book zero to one basically talking about his idea is that you go to a, a market that hasn't been served yet and you try to monopolize. <laughs> you go from nothing to creating something as opposed to maybe a Japanese company just because I'm, I'm studying Japanese and that's a something on the top of my mind is they do these incremental gradual gains on already very established industries to scale as opposed to go from nothing to something. So I'm very much a zero to one entrepreneur. So I, I really get the ball rolling on things, which explains why I really I had a business created in a, in a niche and an idea that was very attractive. I just didn't know how to really execute it to a point that it could actually scale to what it is today, which it's not even huge today, but it's it's well on its way. And Cody is very much a one to 500. So he, in, in I guess, kind of in your words, is you kind of needed me to get things started and actually push in the right direction. And then you say, okay, now that I have this, we're going to blow this up. Yep. But you're you're a very like systematic person, and I am not. I'm not organized. You're very organized. Every time we have meetings, you come with notes and a list of things to cover, and I fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but the detri- so just to point out more, the detriment of mine is that I will too slow on things that need to move faster because I'll, I'll always have my foot on the brake instead of the gas, and that's and I'm uh, the opposite. Yeah. So you gotta have both. Or else one of two things, right? You don't grow or you... Or you grow too fast and things break. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to say it. Clients get mad at you. You, you know, we had we had a competitor at one point that did this. They just moved too fast and they didn't have any systems in process and they just made a lot of clients angry. But, you know, you can be both. You can you, you can be a Jake and a Cody. You can, you can have both these qualities. Those are exceptional people. And if you are one of those, amazing. But I think the first thing in starting your own agency or starting your own business is recognizing your faults and where you're, and where you're lacking. And where I'm lacking is organization and scale. I don't like to do work. Uh, I like to be an ideas person and I like to move things forward. But I don't like getting into the nitty gritty and learning things that I don't know if I'm not excited about it. And there's a lot in business and a lot in starting an agency that you're not going to be excited about. Cody's very good. 
at doing that like learning i like to hate myself so it's easy to be like all right buckle up next 20 hours we're just gonna sit here and hate ourselves and yeah. learn this thing that is not exciting at all yeah i can't do that I, I i i can i have before but i i don't want to do that and if i had to do that all the time and i didn't have a you ever grow would be a lot slower it's like me talking to clients flip side where i tell you i'm like dude i had a two-hour call i'm done i'm drained i need to go disappear into the woods and not talk to, not talk to anybody for three days because that killed inside <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm on calls eight hours a day. Just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I could talk exactly. to you all day long as long as I don't have to do the work. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think we should leave it off there. Uh, so hopefully, this is like one of the longest episodes we have because we don't want to get we don't want to keep you guys on the hook for this long. Watch people love this one. They're like longer. We say that, and then they're like mm, shorter. No, yeah, shorter. absolutely not. I hated that. I did like this episode better than the first time we tried to record this, where we just talked about oh, things that weren't even relevant to what you needed to start. We didn't actually in the last, in the first time we recorded this, we didn't talk about anything that you needed to start the business until like the last fifteen minutes. It was awful. Okay, so give them a quick recap. Okay, so Bullets. recap. You need a computer. Doesn't matter what. Definitely. Just need a computer. Second thing, make sure you have a skill that you're confident in. Uh, make sure it's something that's going to actually benefit your client and drive leads impressions clicks engagement things like that they you might be able to sell them but you're only going to be you know you're only, you're only going to have it for with a client for a month or two so try to find a very impactful service that you're good at third thing is professional invoicing or invoicing of some kind most apps are free wave paypal professional venmo i still recommend staying away from venmo because it has a certain connotation with it but just research some of those you need a website you you need a domain hosting provider and a cms you can get all three of those from one place you can go to squarespace wordpress whatever we always recommend getting your domain from hover getting your hosting from a reputable host like hostgator or bluehost and then utilizing wordpress it's got a learning curve but it's it's worth it in the end you need a dba so you need to what you're going to be doing business as whether it's your own name or another name that you pick make sure when you're picking that you're looking at for federal trademarks of that and you're also looking in your state database uh, to see if anybody is already using that you might want to consider getting an llc for your business a protection a legal bubble for your business in case anything goes awry cody did this i did not it's not required it's strongly recommended you can get this by a local lawyer uh just Google them, see what their prices are, or you can go through a service like LegalZoom. You can even set it up yourself if you're feeling tenacious and want to actually go through the government forms. And then the last thing is find yourself a Cody and find yourself a Jake. If you're both of those, great. If you're not, find a partner. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 uh, and you can partner up with them, but just make sure that they're not a close friend or a sibling or a relative because that can get dicey. And and we'll talk about that more later about partnerships. But for now, this is our list of things that you should have to start your own agency. And we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.